Check one, two, one, two. Who was that? 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 That little um, piece of noise. Ah, oh, was it you? <laughs> okay. Well, you can. You're allowed to uh, to bring in some music, you know, just to uh, change it up a little bit. Um, Nob Twiddlist 55 already. Uh, and we are joined today by cocktail party effect Charlie. What's up, Hello. Charlie? Hello. Hello. Hey, hey. joining us from uh, Berlin, right? Yeah. Yeah. How's probably. Berlin? Uh, rainy, rainy. Oh, and yeah, we we were blessed with a little bit of sunshine yesterday. Two days of summer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I was speaking to a friend in, in Berlin, and they said it went from like 10 degrees till th to 30, like in, in one day or something. Mm. That's crazy. But it has, the sun has gone now again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's gone back to studio weather, which is pretty good. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, <laughs> Hiding yeah. in the studio. Okay, yeah. sounds good. And we're also joined by mm. Darren, uh, a.k.a. D-Bridge from Antwerp. Yep, hey, how you doing? You all right? I'm good. How are you? Um, very well, actually. Not doing too bad. Good, good, good. Uh, good to see you, and uh, good to see uh, Marco as well. Prequel Tapes also joining us from Berlin. Hello, everyone. Hey, man. How are you? Feeling the same like Charlie, like we had two days of summer, <laughs> now back to grey Berlin, wet weather. But hopefully it changed again. I really enjoyed the last two days. It was like uh, a nice little gift. Yeah, it's always good to, uh, to feel the first um, uh, signs of summer. Yes, uh, but since we're in Western Europe, uh, you get punished uh, pretty much straight <laughs> after. <laughs> so, oh yeah, good to see you guys. Um, actually, the uh, you, Darren, and, uh, and Marco, uh, we only got in touch yesterday, uh, and uh, it was a really last-minute thing. But um, yeah, the cool thing is that uh, you guys have a project uh, coming out, and uh, I've been listening to it, and it sounds really, really amazing. Uh, Thank you. I was I was uh, wondering how did you guys find each other? It's not the most likely combination I can I can <laughs> I can think of. <laughs> now, uh, how did you find me, Marco? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we 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 are sharing like a good friend of us, uh, Karine. She's uh, our both agent. We are sharing the same agency. But actually, it was uh, Kavan's idea who like um, had the. He, he does know a couple of releases where two artists work together. And um, he asked me um, with who I would like to work. And then I thought um, Darren would be a great combination because it's very like, it's, I don't find that we're so different because uh, we have also, we share a lot of um, um, same kind of um, moods and, 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 and sound design. But also, of course, we have both a different history. And then we had last year in summer, I called you if you are up for that. Yeah. And um, then we took it easy and sent files back and forth and found our way quite fast in what we like. And it was a very nice um, welcome thing to do, especially during this pandemic. Cool. So how? So you didn't actually meet to uh, to work in the studio together? No. No. I don't know. Have I actually met you in IRL? You know? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Have we met in real life? <laughs> I, you you met my not. wife, though. We found out. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's exactly. right. But um, um, we never met. Um, it's the first time that we see each other, like tonight. 
Okay, cool. <laughs> that's that's so, kind of weird when you think about it, isn't it? Exactly. So this is what I look like. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it's the other guy. <laughs> Should have changed names on the entry, you know. Like, <laughs> okay, so now you're introduced to each other. Uh, maybe yeah. can, we can talk about how the how the process went because, uh, to be honest, I've I've done uh, my fair share of collaborations with people mm. and. Um, also uh, by sending the other person files. And to be honest, I find it a real bad, uh, uh, or not bad, but a really sort of time-consuming way of, of doing things, you know? Um, it, it's so different uh, from being in the studio together. So uh, how did it go in, in your case? Because um, did one send like a, a starting idea and then the other one did some layers on top or what was the what was the process yeah uh yeah well i think if i remember right marco sent me um sent me some stems a few ideas for me to listen to um and then because i'm quite used to working this way in terms of just like online using dropbox or whatever and the stems so i just sort of got his stems up and just try to work around them i don't really um i'm probably better at sort of adding and, and overlaying stuff than i am say arranging it because he because he came with the 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 stems first i kind of almost like it feels like it's he's got a vision so to speak of how it sh should be or sound so i just kind of wanted to add what i would you know if you know what i what i think sounds cool and i'm really sort of like I'm not, you know, married to anything that I send to them. So it's kind of like, you know, whatever you like, keep, chop, do whatever you want, you know, just, and and see how it works. So I kind of think that it was pretty much, it was free, pretty much free tracks that kind of went that way. And then the, the, the more DMB one, I, I think I arranged, didn't I? Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it was kind of like... Yeah, so it worked differently on it, yeah, it worked differently on that one. I thought, I, you know, I should I should give this one a go because I suppose in some ways it's quite lazy of me, really, just kind of like throwing <laughs> throwing sounds at someone and saying, "It's a thing I call called MIG because basically make it good." Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, that's a new it is a new one, MIG. I'll remember yeah. that. It's yeah, a good one for a shirt. <laughs> yeah, it works. To be fair, it does work. A lot of people I've worked with, it does work because I I kind of you know I trust what people do so. Um, I think yeah, it just it, it just seems to work really. I actually quite enjoyed this way. I, I had a few collaborations with other projects in the past. I was involved, but uh, for prequel tapes was the the first collab, and um, I quite cause the circumstances were so different, and it was no question that, that we could meet. It was just not possible, so we mm. were not thinking about this at all. And to me, I was always kind of very like curious about what is coming back or, or, or which files do we share. And it was actually always sometimes I sent a stem of drums to him and then Darren once recorded a whole three minute drum thing where we ch what I just put under sounds and like then made a track of it. So I really have to say enjoyed working like this. And I and I didn't have the feeling it was a. A slow process. I mean, there was no pressure behind Kevin. There was no release date uh, waiting or a deadline. Uh, that more came when we delivered the first two or three rough ideas, and uh, then we saw it's going somewhere. So I have to say, from my side, I really enjoyed it and um, was always like very 
curious what comes back and how it would fit and um, how it will turn out at the end. Yeah, it's always, a, it's always a, you know, no matter how you uh, approach the collaboration, it's always really good to, um, you know, feed off each other's ideas and everything. Um, so um, I always feel that they're, uh, you know, when you do stuff with multiple persons, it's not like uh, just the sum of the parts, but it's really like a third person or a third identity. It takes on like a, a, a sort of an identity that you would never um, take on individually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, yeah. I, know, I think because sometimes I know what I'm good at kind of thing. And that's why I like collabing with people because one, obviously I learn a lot from it. But yeah. I just kind of, you know, I like, like you say, just like getting all these part, different parts together and different flavors. Because, you know, I've been in like, what, how many, four or five groups as such, bad company, um, uh, well, sorry. <laughs> 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 Do you know what? I've worked at it's maybe 30 years there almost next year, I think, my first release. So you have to forgive me. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I've kind of like, I like, you know, all that kind of, with working in collabs, everyone being good at something. Um, so I tend to, even with the collabs that I do, it just feels like, everything just seems to work naturally because I, I me personally like the mixing is what i personally think lets me down um so i'd rather let someone else get on with that oh really um, yeah I, 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 man i it's, it's, I, it's well I documented that i hate it <laughs> right right okay. I, i'm the same i'm the same with that one <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really I, I, yeah. I, can, I can hear nothing wrong in in uh, both your uh, your mixes though I oh mean, i can uh, <laughs> really <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, well I, I, I always say that with mixing, though, it? it's like someone else's cooking smells better than your own kind of thing. I always find that with mixing, <laughs> I, I can, I can't, I can't listen to my own mix down. I always think there's a problem. I just send it off, hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, have you ever tried I quite um, enjoy mixing? Sorry, I quite enjoy the the mixing part. I have to say, mm. it's like always. Uh, not a challenge. It's I think like, my, uh, my problem is it's just that I've it, it, I've got this idea of how I want it to sound and how I think it should sound, mm -hmm. and it's never going to sound like that because I don't have like a twenty thousand pound SSL desk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you know, I'm like comparing all my mix downs to like Depeche Mode Violator, basically. That's right. like okay. how my mixes should what I want them to sound, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. So. <laughs> Well, it's, even, it's always a bit of a of a, um, sort of fooling yourself if you if you compare your your sort of studio mix to a mastered and and mixed uh, thing that is on the market. You know what I mean? You can. It's really hard to, to yeah. reach that because it's always going to be louder. You know, a record is always going to be louder and sort of sounding more full. But you know, that's because of the final treatment it got before it got released. You know. True. I, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to hear the premixes on on all of that stuff. See how yeah. see how bad it really was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'll feel better if you do. I think. <laughs> yeah. But it is. Um, I just had uh, was working. Uh, did an album. It's more like a indie uh, three minute songs, drums, a singer involved. It's more like yeah, and all this like cold wave style music will be released after summer. It's a different project, not an electronic scene. And for this, I was uh, doing the mix downs and I felt like you said, Darren, I didn't, it always sounded not like I wanted to, it was too harsh. And then uh, you all know the, him, Ewan Pearson is an old friend of mine. So I sent it to Ewan and uh, to me, he can exactly what he sent these tracks exactly back how I wanted to have them sound. They were like really 
like in like like sparkling in pop and 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 very uh, i i think i would not i don't maybe it's not the skills because I, i i work different my music has a has a different sound and like with that i couldn't get the sound i wanted and i said okay for this project let's give it to someone external also with like how he mixed the vocals and everything it just sounds Yeah, it's 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 really sounds and like pop. I have to say, if if you if you can compare it, it's it's still indie music, but it was really when it's he sent it back like, wow, this is amazing. And is it, um, is it maybe the 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 thing that you are so involved in in the um, in the process of of making and producing the the track that uh, it's may it may be hard to say goodbye or trade off yeah. things that you get attached to during the during during the making process. Maybe uh, that sort of uh, stand in the way of making a sort of industry standard sounding mix down. Although I think it should not sound industry industry standard. It, it it's good if it has a yeah a, like, sound. like a, a sound or whatever. Mm. Yeah. But um, it's it's exactly like Darren said. I in my head it sounded completely different, and I was not didn't have the patience also anymore. What what brings it in then and then um, we're like three people involved in this uh, also one of them is uh, Peter van Hulsen and um, so we gave it to someone who is much better with it and we were very happy with it I have to say. I think fr from my point of view though because I'm coming from a scene where mix downs is almost is everything do you know what I mean D&B is so kind of like they pride themselves on yes on the mix down so there's always you know you especially as well I was kind of Just from a you know DJing point of view as well, it was like going out and playing all this great music that I've been getting sent, and knowing that my stuff wasn't standing up in in that sense within it. Do you know what I mean? So but it's also in your head a bit. Yeah, it is. It is, but I'm also kind of like, I you know I I I don't want to have to do everything. Do you know what I mean? Mm. It's just like I'm almost maybe it's my that old school attitude. It's kind of like I'd write almost like ideally I'd have someone in here who did all of that. And you know that, like, like the engineer told you, like, yeah, sod off, and I'll make, and, and I'll get deal with it. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, But. yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. I always think that's the beautiful thing though, about like kind of mixing engineers and stuff. You know, it being its own solid mm. thing. Like I remember uh, as a kid, um, my dad used to compose music, and I remember like when it was the mixing engineer's turn to do sort of the part, and it was always kind of a fascinating thing to sort of pass the torch kind of thing. You know. Um, But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's sort of like when I watch some of my friends mix, it's completely like when they're in the zone, it's almost like when you're making music, you know, it's a completely different feeling towards how you move that stuff around. Um, mm. A good friend of mine, Chris Jarman, who's a kamikaze space program, like w mm. watching him do a mix, it's like, uh, it's you know, I, I kind of prefer the mystery of it in a funny yeah. way. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, I, I really like mixing other people's music, but of course, when it comes to your own work, yeah, I think it's always a bit more difficult to kind of be happy with it. <laughs> you know? yeah. But also, um, you never only mix. I, I constantly, while I mix, I change constantly also. You edit here something and then here's again something. I find myself always like mixing and fiddling around with the arrangement yeah. at the same time. Yeah, I mean it's I guess I guess it's true for for most electronic music and maybe all music if if you're working uh, with with machines or whatever or in, inside a door or something uh, the production production stage and mixing stage are sort of bleeding into each other, aren't they? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think oh, I've yeah. I think this uh, this last year but I have gotten better and enjoyed it more. 
And it might have something to do with the fact that I don't have to listen to my music in the club. <laughs> so <laughs> it sounds, you know, my music sounds, it sounds good in the car, sounds cool on the headphones and coming out, you know, coming out my phone. So as I, I'm always, I'm kind of concerned that when I do go to the club, it's just going to be, you know, flat as anything. But I'm, no, I don't know, if you, I, I, if I think you got I've been it, getting better. So If you get it sounding good on, on headphones and in a car and on, on smaller speakers, it will probably sound good in the club, you know, if it translates well on, on all these systems. <laughs> fingers crossed, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then again, you know, I mean, I'm, I've been doing so many of these chats and I've never met a producer <laughs> so far who is happy with their stuff all the time. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. great. <laughs> My truth great. <laughs> there's always something to complain i mean let's be honest are you 100 percent happy with any of the stuff you've ever done uh, like uh, charlie well someone once said to me don't ever trust anyone that's happy with their own work yeah exactly that was quite funny um you're, you're proud of what you make but of course I, I think it's that thing isn't it it's like um yeah you, you always torture yourself like oh, i could be better or whatever but it's kind of that funny thing, really, because it's when you look back at your work, of course, there's always problems, but I always kind of try and relate it to more of the, the soul feeling of it at the time, like the fact yeah. you enjoyed it. You know, um, one thing I've always really believed in with like making a tune or something is like the atmosphere you're in is a really important part of it. Um, there's obviously technique involved and stuff, but, you know, if it kind of captures a moment anyway, you know, it could be a a terrible mix as such but the energy is still there you know mm. in the track um yeah it's like it's like if you can if you can manage to get a, a vibey polaroid of the moment that's that's pretty yeah. much enough right yeah yeah it's yeah. sort of um it, i don't know it's like some of my favorite records are probably like you know class is terrible mixes yeah exactly it's like if you look you, look, you know jungle for example that's all you know awful things are out of time it's all over the <laughs> yes. shop but yeah. it's like you say it's the vibe there's this the yeah. uh, raw, raw energy and i think it's also you, you could hear it from my point of view as well like um quite stuck up attitude really when i first heard dubstep i was like what is this it sounds awful <laughs> but, <laughs> but wait actually do you know, when it's just like, you know, shut up, Darren, you idiot. It's like when you, if you hear it in context and you hear, mm. you know, in the right, like I said, in, the, in, the, in the environment it's intended and, but you can hear the vibe and the rawness and that, that cuts through with it. And they hadn't got um, sort of caught up in that whole having to sound like, you know, like a DMB track. Eventually they did, but, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was nice that uh, when, like, at the beginning, when I guess when every one of us started music, you were just like basically horny to make a track, and you were not so involved, compression EQ and all that stuff. You just made something, and if you listen back to it, I often it has it has a huge charm sometimes because it has like it's more about capturing a moment than to mm. make it mm. than to make it like as slick and perfect, and all the frequencies are balanced and stuff. But what, the longer what was you your, make music, um... Sorry, what was it? What was your what was the first uh, setup? Your first release? What was the setup you had? Who do you ask? No, all Me? of you. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> God, um, let's start. Let's start. Let's start with you, Marco. I'm, I had a. I mean, it was a Atari. I had an Atari quite long, and I used to do a techno combo called Exercise One in the early two thousands, and we used to release on Neutron stuff uh, through Sikizan and. Those records, if you listen to them, I mean, 
they sound charmful, but it's like it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's like there's there's nothing. But I know because we were always in two. I know like how much fun and we had to to make these tracks, and we're not thinking about how perfect they have to be. And it was only it was I my S nine hundred sampler. Um, uh, a drum machine from Alesis and uh, a Kawai keyboard and uh, an Atari, and yeah, that was it. I think like not not a lot, you know. Like was was really and a Mackie mixer, like the sixteen channel classy Mackie mixer. Okay, Charlie. <laughs> so my my first <laughs> my first setup. I really miss it actually because it was hilarious. <laughs> uh, but I, I had this computer, I had this laptop that a mate gave to me, like fixed it up and uh, it used to last for 30 minutes before it shut down. Um, <laughs> uh, so you had to be quick. To be fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, had this, I had this like cracked copy of Reason and Reason back then, it didn't, it didn't accept exactly Reason. Yeah, it didn't accept mm. audio, I think back then. It was only MIDI. Yes. And so, and I used to use that and um, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just basically just churning stuff out and then just bouncing it. And then hopefully the computer wouldn't close down. <laughs> but I remember like my first pair of speakers were these um, two small, like cheap Bose speakers from PCD world. They were like on budget and the subwoofer and the subwoofer was like completely blown out. And it was, <laughs> but yeah, I, but you know, that's the thing. It's, it's really funny because like when I listen back to those tracks, you know, it's, I mean, they, they, I mean, they sound awful. But it was hilarious at the time, you know, because I didn't even know what a mix down really was. <laughs> to be yeah. honest, like, you know, I thought compressor was something that just made it louder. So I just put yeah. it on a master channel and just done, you know. <laughs> so yeah, that was my first setup. That's great. Wicked. <laughs> yeah, I, I started with uh, tape and turntables, but um, I think my first electronic, uh, I, don't know, I don't actually know what came first, but I had, uh, like uh, Marco, I had an S900 or uh, X7000 even, I don't know, it's uh, one of the early Akai samplers and uh, a Roland R8, okay. you know, when the R8 came out yes. with all the, you know, you had all these uh, cards that, that you could uh, pop in, which had, um, you know, 808, 909, all that stuff. Yes. Yeah, and yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, th those were my first things. And I, th I triggered the, the sampler with the, with the R8. So there was no, no chromatic stuff going on. It was just one shots, you know, triggering one wow. shots, stuff like that. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so that was was my my first thing. But um, yeah, soon after that, I got like synths and and stuff like that, you know, and uh, Atari and um, uh, so yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's like um, if you just start, you don't you don't really know what you're doing, and that can sometimes result in uh, yeah. Charlie calls it hilarious, but like sort of almost innocent and. Um, uh, yeah, stuff that is far from perfect, but has a charm or has a vibe or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, which uh, I miss sometimes. It's like mm. not, not. It's it's uh, like to to be able to be like this, because of course the more you experience, and the more you learn, you change. But uh, mm. sometimes I miss this, like call it innocent or hilarious. Ah, let's just you know. Yeah, uh, Some, sometimes all Don't the care. all the all the knowledge can be a bit of can be baggage. You know. Yeah, it mm. can be in your way. Yeah, for sure. Mm. It's quite therapeutic when you actually force yourself to go back to that sort of thing i mean like um i've got a terrible habit of like sort of just eventually when you have a lot of equipment just selling it and then like kind of just going back to something really basic i mean like um 
the other day I was actually trying to make a tune on Audacity just for the fun of it, <laughs> you know, nice. just, just, to see, just to see what you can do. And then you sort of like find all these really nice tricks in Audacity that you just didn't know about, you know, yeah. and, and yeah, I find kind of doing that quite, quite a nice little trick now and again. I mean, it sounds like quite drastic to sell everything, but you know, when I say that, it's just kind of like maybe you've got a piece of gear you use all the time and kind of just play that risk really and just go right or, or lend it to a friend for forever borrowing purpose you know um yeah i don't know it's it's quite nice to kind of de-knowledge yourself you know exactly I'm, i I'm wish in i could get this stuff <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm terrible i actually my gas has got better actually um i used a yeah, kind of like guitar pedals was was my thing it's kind of still is but i've chilled out i've chilled since the pandemic started not not just i don't know i just thought it just seemed a little bit crass in a way just like buying all this stuff and not using it um mm. so and or using it once and that was always my justification kind of like if i kind of like yeah yeah i have, I have the same thing if you buy you something know. you have to use it in, in at least one track and then it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, paid, it's paid for itself yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> and then i started then i saw more recently i almost started using my kids as an excuse i was like oh yeah i'm leaving it for them do you know what i mean it's, it's theirs really it's like now nah, stop it come on um so i'm getting better um, and I've actually started got a list together of things I need to sell, um, and it's, it gets it's getting bigger every day. <laughs> what's on the list? Um, what's on the list? Guitar pedals. <laughs> um, the Sh Sherman filter bank. I used it once. Nearly, like I was just like, nah, just ne nearly killed me. Um, and also, I on an impulse, I bought that Polyen tracker just before lockdown really because in my head it was like right i'm gonna go travel around and i can use the tracker and get mm. into that whole world and that'd be cool and Is it just doesn't happen i love I that thing I, yeah. I wouldn't know i haven't turned it on i absolutely is it, is it, cool? Is it right. cool yeah okay. yeah like um, well basically i i've always been kind of um interested in trackers because yes you know, i've never really properly got to play with one and actually i really like making a tune on it it's quite interesting it's again it's the kind of really limited vibe to it you know but mm. recently i found a way of hooking it up to um my akai my old akai sampler um okay. and, only uh, to that. Only yeah well I, well I basically just rigged it up to a bunch of different gear so like you know um an mm -hmm. sh101 akai emu sampler and just cool. sort of see how much i can just do with that and yeah, it, it, it's funny because your tunes completely change, obviously, you know, because yes. you're working very much from just scene to scene to scene. But, um, yeah, I find it quite rewarding, actually. And it's quite nice not looking at waveforms all the time, just looking at kind of just numbers, you know. <laughs> yeah, that makes a big difference, actually. That does make a big difference. Have you released anything that you've done on it? No. Probably, <laughs> no is that, that, that going to happen, do you think? Are you, yeah. are you are you happy enough with with what you're doing, or is it kind of like your own? Just this is my own little headspace thing because I like that as well. Yeah, like currently, I'm just sort of, um, to be honest, I'm just sort of like making really terrible jungle tunes on it at the moment, just because I'm kind of enjoying just sort of like uh, you know, <laughs> pretending I know what I'm doing. But, um, but I, I, I've actually kind of started more and more introducing it in my own tunes, and I think like. Um, Especially again, using of like um, the emu or something, just being able to like stutter bass samples, stuff out of it. It's it's pretty interesting, but you know how it is with these things. It takes a while to kind of get into something mm. you're happy with. It's one of those things you just have a cup of coffee in the morning and a cigarette and just mess about and <laughs> yeah. 
but it's cool. But it's cool. I, I recommend it. I'm I'm thinking about it since since a while now, because um, I'm in this process. I had a chat with Darren via our chat group the other day because I'm also changing finally some sins and say goodbye, which is always it's, it's some romantic stupid thing that you keep on holding them so long. But um, I sold now the the PBG Wave is uh, will will go and um, some other small machines on the on on the table. What I just overused and I was really watching a lot of videos with the polyan tracker and um, i never worked with trackers so it could be also like something like yeah re re refreshing in my setup mm -hmm. and work in a different way but you then when you when you um when you when you programmed your scenes or how you call it then then you still record the audio or you would record the whole track how you programmed it through the um, mixer yeah so i mean I, I i you can you can bounce the stems on it um, it, on the you, tracker, yeah, you can bounce oh. the stems, but it takes quite a long time. But apparently, they're going to be updating it. I, I don't know if they already have or not. But um, there's some tracker stuff going on in the comments. But um, <laughs> I quite enjoy just uh, doing a rough mix on the actual thing and then just okay. sort of redlining it through the desk. <laughs> it's done really. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I, don't know, I think that's part of the charm of it as well. You know, it's quite funny. You can't go back. There's no going back. <laughs> you know, okay. Once it's pretty, it's done. Talking about the comments, uh, so Margo is selling his PPG people, so make it's, your bits. It's gone. It's gone. <laughs> oh, it's, it's gone, okay. It's gone. <laughs> yeah, but there's a, there's a polyend tracker for sale if anyone's yeah. interested. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's just all post our uh, gear for sale in the, in the comments and uh, just get, you know, get it all make sorted it tonight. Make a bit. Yeah. Good yeah. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> I've also got an OPZ if anyone wants one. <laughs> I got that for I don't know why I bought that. That's just uh, yeah. weird. Uh, weird. <laughs> so you haven't used it? I did, and to be fair, I've got some cool little things out of it. But the OB, yeah, it, yeah, the OPZ, yeah, the teenage yeah. engineering thing. Um, I don't know what it is. I, it's I don't know. It's just I think the learning curve was a bit, almost a bit too much for me. With it, it's just kind of I didn't couldn't really sort of make you know what it is? it's like it's like with any of this stuff it's almost like having to learn a new language mm. every yeah, course, yeah. and that was just that was just like it's like being here but in, in in antwerp it's like learning dutch and i'm, I'm struggling you know <laughs> what I mean? so, it's amazing hey yeah um so yeah i've just kind of like it's it's sat there doing nothing really which is a shame i should give it to somebody who knows what they're doing <laughs> yeah yeah i i sometimes feel bad you know having a piece of gear around that you only scratch the surface of you know it's like oh man i really should di dive deeper into it just to you know uh but you come back mostly to this you you come back to the same gear or you you force yourself to use new stuff my you do your live sessions and stuff yeah you your home. oh yeah i mean i pretty much every yeah everything that is here uh gets used yeah so okay. uh, but most of it i've had it for for so long that i yeah, don't really that i i don't have to you know i sometimes sometimes i have to reacquaint myself with things mm -hmm. you know that i haven't been using for a while and then i have to kind of get my head around it again uh but that usually takes a few hours and, and i sort of remember and the muscle memory comes back and everything what's the latest uh, you got like you got some new. Uh, the some, latest some new I got. Uh, that's a good one. Uh, I haven't bought too many new things, to be honest. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe the 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 folk tech stuff. I've got some some of the mm -hmm. folk tech uh, synths. Oh, it's like beautiful the, that stuff. 
Yeah, I've got the resonant garden and the mescaline, which I both love to death. You know, they're really, they have a really nice um, balance between being completely mysterious and not ever giving up their secrets, <laughs> and uh, and and playability. You know what I mean? So it's uh, it's a bit of a, uh, it's not quite clear how how they work, um, but uh, that causes you to do to have like this. Um, special relationship with them, you know, because they kind of challenge you in a way. Sorry, you know, it Sorry I'm just going to have some quick Well, there's a, it's <laughs> the, the company's called Folktech. They're from um, uh, Oregon, Portland. And they make uh, these really exotic boutique uh, uh, synths and um, some modular okay. stuff and everything. But uh, yeah, and it looks really, really oh, interesting yeah, as well. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this uh, looks like um, it's got similar look to... There's another company from Portland, the guitar pedals. Is it the same? Like the they same. do guitar. I think they do. Oh no, no, no. They do Eurorack stuff. I'm not. I'm not sure if they do guitar pedals. Anyway, Charlie, you, you said you're familiar with this. Folktech yeah, stuff? yeah. The, the Wicked. I, mean, I had a couple of Eurorack modules of it back in the day. Um, I, I really, I really like, I really like that company. And there's, there's a few other synth companies sort of similar to it in the sense of like the mystery. Um, I, I really, I really like that. Yeah, what you were saying earlier about sort of um, learning a new language sort of thing. I, I've always quite find it quite inspiring when you really never know what the hell's going on with something. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, I use a couple of simps uh, called um, See It Lombard is the sort of oh, yeah. name of the simps. And I just love it because you, every time you sit behind it, it's, uh, you know, if you're, are you playing the machine or is the machine playing you kind of thing, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I've always found that also with like software being the same thing. I, I really don't like it when I know something too well because the conversation just gets stale, you know. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, the, the Foltech stuff, I always found it funny. I had this one called Matter, which was like yeah. a kind of drum machine thing. And like, I, <laughs> I had no idea what the hell was going on. Um, but it was like you would spend like four hours on it and then you just patch it one thing to another thing and suddenly you just get this whole new spectrum. And you would never get it again, you know. Um, and no one would believe you that you did it. <laughs> but um, no, I always appreciate that when a when a, when a company can sort of achieve something like that, you know. Um, yeah, and it was quite funny because I don't think there was any manuals for it at the time as well. So it was, com <laughs> it was completely just like yeah, it's a, it's an interesting it's an interesting way to think about musical instruments. You know, should you uh, provide the player with something that is fully understandable, or should you leave something? Uh, you know, to discover all the time. You know what I mean? It's like uh, I, li I like the approach of. Uh, there's actually, like you said, there are m more companies that have the same approach. I think Soma is a, is a good example mm. as well. Mm. You know, they give you something, and and you have to interact with it, uh, and sort of uh, get into the exploratory mode to to get something out of it. You know, instead of just uh, you know punching obvious buttons or you know mm. pushing keys or whatever. Well, it's really interesting. It's that thing, isn't it, about, um, like, again, the, the mystery. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's, like, a, like a, a fair thing to say, but I, I've always kind of felt like um, there's sort of been a bit of a problem with that, with mystery. Like, so everyone wants to know how to use things, so you can find a million YouTube videos explaining of, like, this is how this and X and Y is done. Mm -hmm. But, you know, like, what I really enjoyed, like, especially when I was a kid sort of messing around with... Um, you know, because I used to play drums and stuff, and it was always about just like just playing, just figuring it out. And then ten years down the line, someone goes, "Oh, you know, you can just do that." <laughs> and you know, for years you've been doing it a completely different way. 
you know, um, I mean, one of my memories of that was side chaining. I didn't even know what side chaining was, yeah, you know. So I, I just used here. to just, yeah. So I just used to record myself with the volume control, just doing this basically with the yes. kick drum, and then just mm-hmm. that's how you did it. Um, and yeah, it kind of actually, when someone told me how to do it, I actually kind of um, regret that actually, because <laughs> now it's sort of become so. Oh, okay, that that was it. So, if if a company like yeah, again like Soma like, are able to sort of achieve that, where you are just sort of lost in the water with it. I, I think that's quite healthy for the brain, you know. Um, just that's just my thoughts. I and mean, there's nothing wrong with tutorials and stuff, you know. It's all it's all like great knowledge, but um, you should definitely go out there and swim sometimes without a paddle. Totally. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, tutorials or whatever they can help you get started. But you know, mm. basically, the uh, I I've, I sometimes use tutorials just to kind of get a feel of what something does if I don't own it, you know, just to see what it what it sounds like, try to kind of see what the range of the instrument is. But uh, cool. as soon as I've as soon as I have I have uh, something new to play with, I never read the manual, I'll just, you know, fuck around with it and sit until I get something nice out of it, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't Sorry. think I've ever read a manual. I've got I've got yeah. I download them but I never 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 read them. Um It's quite- there's I'm going to get the Cosmos, by the way. I think I'm going to get the Cosmos. I do like the look, the sound of that one. Mm. I've held off the Pulsar 23. I thought that was a bridge too far for me. Um, I like the sound of it, but it just feels like it's going to sort of tap me into that modular world, which I'm, I don't have nothing to do with. <laughs> <laughs> What's, what do you have against it? You, you afraid to d- disappear in the vortex? <laughs> Pretty much, I suppose, because I know what I'm like. So, you know, I'm like it with guitar pedals already. So it's just, <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Um, I just, and I, I, you know, I think it's great and I, I, I love what people can do with it, but I just don't see, it's not f- for me, I think. I mean, just because of my musical background, you know, even like just ba- basic simps I struggle with sometimes, do you know what I mean? So just being given the raw components to be able to do, it's just like, no, I don't really, it's why I think it's why I like simps as well. Cause I like that sort of contained architecture and that's someone's, that's someone's sound within that box that you're, you're exploring. Um, and I think almost cause I come from a sampling background that I prefer that aspect of it. It's almost like sampling that keyboard and using it how I would use it rather than creating a sound from scratch. I'm not particularly good at that, um, but I can get a sound like if I was sampling a record mm. and manipulate it to my needs. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, so, yeah, so, yeah I, mean, I mean, that's that's a thing that's a totally drum and bass people have completely refined the art of sampling, right? And so I'm always curious, um, uh, like, you say manipulating the sounds, right, in the sampler. What what are, what are the some of the tricks you use to to manipulate um, samples? And then I'll be giving away all my secrets. Okay. Well. What <laughs> 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 um, first of all, what, what, sample, what samples do you use? What sample do, sampler do you use then? I to be well, it's changed now because obviously I use I my door of choice is, is Bitwig at the minute. So you know they've got their varying different ways you can use samples but mm. it's more kind of like i record i record audio in and then i'll manipulate it via pl- plugins and plugin chains and, and that way do you know what i mean almost rather than 
the needing the use of needing to use a sampler because I don't the door in itself is the sampler now. Right. Do you know, do you know what I mean? So mm. I can I can manipulate things that way. Um, so yeah, I'll sample my synths. Do you know? I mean, that's and I'll sample my you know the drum machine and doing the same exactly. You know that that kind of thing and messing around with things that way. Um, yeah, do you know? It's yeah, just modular, man. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you are you guys modular or do you is that you are you in that world as such? Because it has been tempting, but I think I think the one thing the one that nearly tempted me was the. Um, is it the Russum one? The, the guy from Emu? Or? Yeah, he made the filter, the Emu filters, yeah. Russum Electronics. Yeah, or, or, yeah. Yeah, that's the only one that's really tempted me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I've got a fair bit of modular, but um, I I'm not the type of uh, guy who makes an entire track in a modular. You know, I I basically right. just use it for sound design and uh, just to you know just to explore. Really, it's a it's a mm. really amazing uh, space to explore um, and and just. Um, come up with sounds and, and atmospheres and you know percussion whatever you know um, but I'm I'm not I'm not patient enough to <laughs> to design entire tracks in there you know I usually have some I I mean it's it's compatible with most of the other synths that are around you know so it's it's part of the chain you know sometimes but it's not entirely I'm just not a mm. uh, modular only uh, guy you know what I mean yeah yeah okay and I it marries Sorry, I'm very much like what, what you said there in Chua too. Like, um, I, I have a bit of modular, like, but one is from my neighbor, he moved house and left it here in the studio. And, um, if I'm honest, then I'm always like going back to synth and also resample them mostly with the Octa track. I found for me the, the Octa track is a I mean, everyone is using it, but it's a machine what everyone can use in a different way because it has yeah. so many layers from MIDI to sequence to to use the um, the, the, the effects um, with the parameter uh, locks and stuff. And I find it quite um, satisfying to compose or to, to write a little line on one of the synths and then re-record them and re-sequence them on the Octa track. Because it has a bit something something random, what 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 Charlie also said before that that then something happens and you like hey, you know and, and then you follow that what happens and I like this bit of chaos in like writing mm. music and um, I'm also very much ninety five percent synth guy and modular. I'm, I, I have lots of friends with modular and I find him fascinating. But for me, it's like not, um, I don't know what it is. I'm, I'm more feeling more confident and in resampling and um, um, having a synth as a source. Yeah, it's very true what you say. I mean, Octatrack comes up nearly every chat. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, it's, and there's crazy, not yeah. a single person who uses it the same way as the other, mm -hmm. you know. It's, uh, Which so is, you, uh, you, tells you a lot about a machine. It's like Absolutely, a thing yeah, that, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So what, is the, what are the, the things you don't use in the Octatrack? Um, I, I'm not so much using the, the, I mean, sometimes like the, the pitch band with the parameter locks where you can program the internal effects on the Octatracks, um, on the Octatrack, but, um, I'm using it, the MIDI sequencer a lot and I use it to resample myself constantly and then use the, the starting point with, uh, with the LFO 
and write new sequences with the same harmony you put in, but you mm. you use it, it. It's more like a you randomize you're you random sampling yourself mm. and um, and then catch the good bits and just keep on recording in the in the door. And that's what I like to use most in the octa track. And then when I play live, I use it as a, as the main sequencer to to sequence my my little desktop synthesizers and stuff like this, and also bring the to use the to put the machines through and um, use it as a mixer. But I don't use so much the effects from it. I have to say, I use it more like as a media and as a sampler. And do you finish tracks entirely inside the Octatrack, or is it um, no, because no. it only right? Okay, because it only has uh, two stereo outs, basically, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, but no, no, I don't. Mm. I use so it's it like a, a, it's like a yeah, like a, it's it's like it functions as a stage in in your writing process, basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Are you? Would you say you're the the kind of person who lo- who likes to? Um, set things up in a studio in in such a way that you can stumble upon accidents as well. Uh, it happens by nature, I guess, because um, uh, I'm not. My studio is not perfectly organized, and always, um, if I, I always fall over something that this is not in sync, and I have to put a cable in here and there. But um, right now, I'm quite um, happy with the setup. But uh, I stumble. It happens that you stumble over little little accidents and things not working, and then it brings you out of the working process, and you're focused on something else. What what adds something in the process to me? Mm. But um, the octatrack is like used constantly in this process, and also, yeah, no, yeah, no, exactly, no. It's um, right now. It's kind of working everything here. I have to say. <laughs> kind of working well because it, 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 i use I, I have a little live setup on the table and and then i have like in 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 the back like um the synth so it's like i i work in different ways i like work in a like trying to compose something and then bring it all on the table and play around and find the arrangement with it i like to yeah. do this more than starting all like with the door or something i i, I prefer to start with uh yeah, I kind of I'm similar with the um, the Digitact. That was that machine. Yeah. I thought was 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 amazing. A lot of my stuff, uh, quite a few tracks on my I love I can't explain album. I was started on the, the Digitact. Mm-hmm. Um, just like you say, those little just little things that you can do, and the, also like the limitations of it. You've got eight tracks, and you know it's mono, and you've got to kind of work within those confines. But it does it does a lot with with those limitations just it's like the simple things like you know um applying the lfo to the sample slots so it just sort of swings through samples and things like that just you get these really sort of especially with drums get these really mm. interesting things happening um so yeah the digit i think that's that's what that's probably one of the, the best machines they've done i've got the octatrack i i it was a part kind of part of my life setup but it was more kind of stems I was using it to and uh, trigger it more stems, but more tracks that I can affect. And then I had because um, I wanted to do like the whole doorless thing as well, so I was determined not to take a laptop on stage. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went for you know the is it the ten ten music black box, using that mm-hmm. to fire a fire like clips basically. Um, but yeah, the the Oxo track is a deep machine. <laughs> it is. It's deep. It is deep. <laughs> I had to fight so much with it because I. Yeah. I, to be honest, it was my first electron machine, 
and 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 then it has its own language and i got it like it's six seven years ago i don't know when it came out but um i i was fighting with the machine i didn't get anywhere and was really frustrating today it, it's always when then you learn something you wonder huh, why why was this complicated for you but when i got it i really didn't how should i use it what's the purpose of it and um as Jochen said, it's amazing how everyone finds it way uh, through it, and everyone works different with it. And uh, I think it's a very good machine. Um, yeah. And I still have the MK1, the, the first one, and I'm very happy about this, I have to say. I did on my last album also, like, um, just recorded out of the... Because I wanted to work more like this, not with uh, with Ableton or the, uh, a door behind uh, the production um, process. So I oft I had two tracks on my last album on Mannequin where you just recorded on the fly like either the System 100 or a synthesizer. I used to have the Elka, which has like a four track, a pet uh, a four track sequence on it, and you can a bit like the SH 101 where you can play the notes inside and then he plays the melody back. Mm. And uh, I like stuff like this too, to just with one machine, very limited like four tracks, and to create something with that and then just to record it. It has a it has like something special in how it sounds. I find. Cool. I believe uh, Charlie, you uh, you use the Octatrack as well, right? I try to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I mean, I, I really don't use it. Like, I, I really just use it as a sort of basic, sort of um, similar, you know, similar to what was said about just sort of using stems and things. Really, like, uh, I quite like it because um, I mean, when I used to play live, I just used to have one shots in it basically on each each channel and um i quite enjoy just hitting the hitting the sequencer at random points and just like letting it go and just seeing what happens oh you um, mean like uh, you you run it in step mode and then you just enter note manual enter the notes manually right yeah well i was always on this hunt for these live gigs basically i, I my, my background in music was a lot of like kind of rock bands basically and jamming stuff and punk and stuff and i was always trying to look for a way of being able to get the same feeling live of that kind of um, always being slightly nervous that you don't know what's going to happen next. <laughs> so, um, and so I found the off track quite cool for that because I don't use the, uh, what's it called, the cue or anything. You just sort of see the thing running along and then you kind of just imagine what you want your kick drums to do and then you just hit it and then just in and whatever. And sometimes it goes terribly fucking wrong um, <laughs> or sometimes it works. But yeah, I liked it for that. It was quite fun because it always kind of, yeah, um, after each gig, it kind of uh, felt like uh, I was sort of having a panic attack, which is nice. <laughs> so this, uh, you say something interesting. You, so you say you don't use Q when you play live, so you basically program something and then just uh, hope that it comes out yeah. nice when you throw it in? Oh, yeah. that's, that's quite heroic. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny because, you know, like when you look at a step sequencer, you can start, you know, for instance, if you want to make a 4-4 kick pattern, you kind of know where that's going to land, you know, mm -hmm. and if you want to make a sort of different, like you put like one kick slightly behind it, but it changes, but it's quite fun when you meet the channel, hit a bunch of them, and then maybe mess around with the, uh, I don't know what it's called, the parameter lock thing with the pitch or something, and then just on the next bar, go. And yeah, I don't know, it, 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 I always like this thing of sort of, because if it goes wrong, you've got to fix it or run with it in some way. Yeah, and exactly. So, it, again, it reminds me of like when we used to play in bands. Because you know, when yes. shit went wrong, you you know, you'd either go to a bass solo or something, or like you know, or you make it go completely experimental and mental. You know, and I 
I quite enjoy that when you play live. Um, yeah, I, to I, to I can totally relate to that, you know. It's, it's mm. um, I mean, to me, playing live is uh, it's sort of trying to find a, carefully find a balance between uh, surprising yourself and, and kind of keeping things in con under control, you know. And the best yeah. moments actually arise from, from moments where you are uh, surprised by something and it's not really going the way you thought it was going to go. And then you have to kind of fight your way out of it. And that's usually the, um, the moments where things become interesting. Coming up with a plan B, yeah? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah no, totally. I mean, there's been some gigs where, like, you know, you just haven't been so on form, you know, and it goes completely wild. But you, you sort of work but maybe you turn it more into an ambient set <laughs> you know, or something or whatever and yeah it's it's always quite funny so i mean what i started doing with the octatrack was like at the end of each gig um i wouldn't reset anything i just turn it on for the next gig and just leave mm. it exactly how i left it off <laughs> and then just roll with that for the next one you know and it was always kind of funny you know um do you do that with the uh, synths as well because you you use modulus right when you play live yeah, yeah. So you um, just uh, put in, you know, enter some sequence and then and then just throw it in, or you do it, you program them, program it live, and then just hope that it it's going to blend with the rest. Yeah, just just let it go. I mean, yeah. it's sort of like because I don't use a lot of modular in my own music. Um, I, I quite like using it just as a live thing because. Oh, okay. Well, it's it's quite nice for me anyway. I quite like it when an artist live is sort of different from their records mm -hmm. a bit. Because it feels like yours, like again, you know, when you saw like jazz bands jamming, you know, it felt like a real special moment of someone playing, you know, because it's nothing's really the same. Um, but yeah, so what I would tend to do is just kind of leave a basic a route, you know, from the modular system, mess with it during the gig, and then close the lid, and then just reopen it for the next one, just carry on with <laughs> the same patch really, or and just repatch it, you know. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's probably like the most uh, unpractical way of working, but <laughs> I quite like it, <laughs> you know, yeah. What's the modular setup you're using for that? What is like the, the set, the modular for your live setup? Um, um, I used to use two cases back in mm -hmm. the day, and then my back couldn't take it anymore. Um, so <laughs> I, I, yeah, I realized I was getting older, so I was like, oh no. Um, yeah, I, I completely like damage my back for an airport trying to carry it because you know you can't take it on the plane so you have to yes. kind of pretend it's not so heavy or whatever <laughs> yeah yeah so you're you know you're at like oh no the security and it's like oh how heavy it is and you're just lifting up like, oh it's no problem and your, your back's just giving out like, <laughs> yeah so but I, I put it to one case but at the moment i've got like a mixture of stuff that, that I, I always hunt for like really weird diy stuff um mm -hmm on the internet because I, I find it's quite fun to work with because you kind of have to work twice as hard with it to get the results you want. Um, so I'm quite keen on hunting for I know, independent makers and stuff like that. Um, to be honest, to name any, the one problem with myself is I'm incredibly dyslexic. <laughs> so I can never <laughs> read anything that I've got. But uh, yeah, it's just, just loads of random stuff I find, DIY build. It's but it's more sequence based or more like uh, in, 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 in the way of like LFOs or effects or um, yeah is there is there a sort of an organization to your cases then your live cases yes yeah, so, I mean I, I've got like uh, like one sequencer to work with I actually use mm -hmm. the marbles from Mutable Instruments it's the mm -hmm. one thing I did I, I absolutely adore it it's great because it 
because again, it's just completely random and you just freeze a sequence and just run with it. Um, but basically I build it into tiny blocks. So I have one part for atmosphere, one for a sequence and then some effects. But I actually don't use a lot of LFOs when I have my modular system because I just prefer doing it with my hands. Um, I have, I've only got two, so it's kind of, <laughs> but yeah, I kind of downgraded my, like, well, downsized my case quite a bit. Um, again, because I just quite enjoy the limitation of it, you know? Um, so yeah, it's a complete mess. Basically my case, it's a complete mess, <laughs> <laughs> but it works. I think, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know, did anyone invent a super light modular case? It's crazy because they kept changing the rules as well with the airlines, you know, and it was just like, um, and I remember once, you know, really having to, you know, it was like every time you had a gig, there'd be an argument, <laughs> you know, and then you'd have to sort of, and then you'd have to put it on your, you know, your tech rider, your television, you know, like, you know, plain argument will happen, you know, could you <laughs> lend us an extra 50 so we could put it on. But, um, well, there's there's so much uh, um, unused space in most modular cases. They should do an airtight one so you, that you can fill with helium. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah, you know, just it, it'll be just. Uh, <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yeah, helium uh, modular cases. Let's uh, let's uh, do some lobbies for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just looking at the comments. Uh, we're, um, as always, completely ignoring everybody. Uh, <laughs> if there's anyone who has a question for any of us, just uh, drop it here and, and we'll try to um, um, bring it in. Sophus is here. Hey, by the way, I see a lot of friends uh, showing up. I saw John Esther checking in. What's up, John? Split Redix is here. Robin Kampschoor. Sophus, well, question to the bridge. Sorry to bring the whole times up, like, but I'm not very. Okay, okay. inside the time machine sessions. Inside the inside the machine. Yeah. Uh, so that was written in the summer of ninety eight. Ninety. Ninety eight in yeah. in uh, just outside Oxford, in uh, Henry the Ape's old summer house. Um, <laughs> believe it or not, <laughs> wow. Um, that was Fresh's, I think, Fresh used to the house he, he lived. Um, so we basically spent the whole summer there, and it was pretty much emu sampler, an old Sorry. small cork triton. Um, was we using you know, Logic, a Allen and Heath desk. A guitar pedal that I'm still not allowed to tell to name because it was it was our because it was our secret distortion pedal, <laughs> and uh, we, I've got I've signed an NDA. <laughs> um, and yeah, we're based, and a pair of Mackie HR824s, which seemed to be like the the go-to monitors for anyone who was doing DMB. Um, so yeah, it was it was it was just a lot of weed. <laughs> and and sitting in this in the attic of this of this place just writing writing all this stuff oh we had the um, actually another quite important part of the sound was the um the focus right green eq because um oh the knew, alien alien looking one yeah because we yeah, knew that um those. and i still i've still got it here <laughs> um <laughs> classic bit of kit because we knew that optical ed rush and optical were using it and we were always like right we, we've got to have that um 
so yeah that was a lot of stuff processing was done with that um that all of i think a lot of his drums goes through that eq just dr just driving it um and using that so yeah it was I, I, to be honest i can't remember a great deal <laughs> but it was a lot of fun and i didn't know we pretty much wrote it over literally over that summer and then i think what the um, the nine came out at kind of that first single and we'd pretty much had a lot of the tracks done already um so yeah it was a uh, it was it was a very simple setup it was just pretty much all samples we just like the emu the e6400 that was just the heart mm. of of it um i do miss that sampler i've I got it but I, I just don't have the the patience for it anymore i think it's great do you know what i used to i love it there was what was it was it soundforge used to be able to speak to it over scuzzy yes. mm. you know and if i if i still had that i think i'd use it just for but i actually i know that um you can get you can take out the the floppies and get hard yeah drive yeah, yeah, yeah or or an sd card yeah that's that's how uh you can retrofit um most samplers these days with uh sd cards so you can so, get rid of the floppy and just stick it into in your computer oh, if cool. you if you can write the, uh, yeah, the so files in the right format then it, it, the sampler will take it because yeah, it's a lifesaver that one yeah because yeah. even when we start when we did when we sort of did the reef when we reformed a couple of years back we thought right right we need to get a lot of our old stuff back and we did um just to see if we could sort of continue you know but with the sound but using others embellishing it with more modern equipment and we got the got the emu out again and it does it does sound great like drums mm. and just the the fil the filters on the bass it's just and the chorus and things like that it's just a great little machine did you record on tape back then, or how did you record? Like no, we would uh, we would well that yeah that yeah, awesome. yeah yeah prior to that in my my first stuff we were on literally like chrome chrome tape chrome tapes um, cassette tapes yeah cassette tapes yeah for, nice. for literally like a four was it four track an old Tascam or whatever. Um, well, you see, you you say you you don't have the patience, but the thing with samplers is, you know, you spend you spend some time choosing your weapons, basically. You know, you just collect your samples, and and limit yourself to using only that. So it also saves you hours and hours of scrolling through presets or or sculpting uh, sounds that are really, you know, just already quite good. But you know, you you feel you have to change them in some way. But if you if you have samples, um, you're just going to use whatever you're loaded into the machine so in a, in a way it's faster hmm. yeah i get yeah i guess i just i don't right? it, I, maybe, well, <laughs> no but maybe not not me i think it's just my thing and not for me i'm really bad at saving stuff <laughs> okay. I, I, don't, I don't save presets i don't save like you know i'll do something and i'll be like oh that sounds great but i could never tell you how i did it kind of thing yeah do you know what i mean i i don't i'm not really into saving kits and things like that so everything literally i just like i like starting fresh every time um there's probably there's some recurring themes or, or sounds might be a shaker that i might use you know because I, I just like it um but other than that i tend to try and start from scratch and that's always been the case and i'm not even sure why that is um so yeah, just I'd literally have to go in and resample everything again, and that just sounds like a ball lake to me. <laughs> so, mm. But uh, you know, I've I have I, like I, said, I do still have it. It still switches on. The wheel does just about work because you know mm. they they tend to 
bugger up quite quickly on them. Yeah, and the displays as well. The displays become uh, uh, dark and un- unreadable. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll... No, it's not going to happen. I was thinking, <laughs> is, is it? Will I? Nah, probably not. I was, doing a, like I was doing a project the other day, uh, last week, with a, with a friend here in, uh, in uh, the studio, and uh, we needed some, uh, we wanted to have some, some sort of uh, ravey type sound, and I went to the um, uh, S612, you know, the old, the sort of 12-bit Akai sampler, before mm-hmm. the, okay. it came out, be- it's the black one with uh, the floppy disks. Okay. Uh, um, the thinner one. Yeah, it's, uh, it's got... Uh, it's got these uh, two-sided, two-sided little discs. They're oh, okay. smaller than floppies. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. Wow. okay. <laughs> but um, anyway, so um, and I was surprised how, how how fast it was, you know, because um, the, it, I just needed like one sort of stabby sound and attached some synth and recorded straight into it and just keep kept pressing different sounds until while the sampler was playing them back, you know, like in real time. And then just changing the sound on the synth, and you know, when when I arrived at the, the one that I thought, you know, this is the one, that's it, you know. So, and there's nothing more you can do after that. So it's it's in a way, it's a really quick way to uh, to get sounds going. But quicker than than going through many many presets or whatever. But could you have done it quicker in say within your within your computer? Could you have got uh, the same results, or is it? Well, was, I could. What was I the could, reason behind using it? Um, because it's take it or leave it, right? So mm-hmm. it, it okay. is like yeah. one, you, you, you load or you, you record one sound. If, if that's the one, you're going to use it. If it's not the one, you'll record another one. And then at some point you settle for the one that you're going to use. And it's like a, a three minute process. And yeah. there's your sound and there's nothing more you can do. Sure. So um, anyway, it was fun, and it and it makes everything sound uh, instant, dirt, dirty, and and uh, and bad, you know, which is which is great too. It gets a bit of yeah. a tone and a vibe to it. Yeah, it's quite true. fun when you run like a because I, I use a, a three thousand XL and an Emu uh, Emu sixty four, and I sometimes actually just run my whole track into it, I just downgrade it a bit, and then just put it back oh. into tables, and then that, that's a really oh. nice thing to do. Um, yeah. Because it's it's kind of funny because it's like maybe maybe it's a placebo sometimes, but you know when you sort of run it through those songs, you just you get you just get something out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, true. And yeah, no, I did it with my um, my last album. I, I kind of a couple of tracks. I just ran it all through the emu and then just like yeah, downgraded it a bit, put it back through, and yeah, it's 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 interesting. Um, I think I think it's just that thing, isn't it? It's just quite nice to have that kind of uh, ritual of the scroll wheel and stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was. It was definitely. A, it was definitely a fun machine. Um, and it's from in DMB that you know, especially the Emu Six Four Hundred, such a key part of the sound. Once it started, it's, it's sort of mid nineties. You know, late nineties. That's you know, people. I think you had. Um, it was you. You were either in the Emu guy, that you know, the Akai guy. I think Bristol. They were more. I think didn't Krusty was using the Roland or something. Mm. It was like same with like Dom and Roland. You know, he was he was he was all about the Roland sampler. Um, but what yeah, the, the Roland sampler. Um, I can't remember that. Yeah, that, that I, doesn't matter. Sorry, I can't remember the name of it. Um, but yeah, I think I was drawn definitely drawn to the Emi just because the, my peers and the people I was into were were using it and the sound they were getting out of it. You were kind of like, oh, I want to, I want to mm. sound like that in some ways. Um, but yeah, it was a yeah, great machine. Yeah, um, yeah, the emus. I, I 
I used to have, a, I don't know which one, I think it was the 6400. Um, and I never gelled with it. I don't know why. <laughs> I kind no. of regret getting rid of it, but because uh, lately everybody's been uh, raving about them, uh, you know, on these chats. Uh, but I, I, you know, I was used to Akai, basically, and you know, I, they don't really have that much of a sound, you know. But they were just in my workflow. Um, yeah, and this Emu ones were so promising in terms of sound and filters and stuff like that, you know. But it, mm. it, I just couldn't get. Um, I wasn't quick enough on them so it, i gave up <laughs> there's this one thing on the emus actually that's pretty cool it's got like a this thing called like uh the doppler thing on it which is pretty mental where it kind of just does this effect where it's sort of yeah do doppler effect kind of vibe and then you can choose it to loop and stuff like that um is there one is, is there one with a cocktail party effect on it <laughs> <laughs> well, working on it um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing, like, with those machines, you kind of use them and you kind of actually realize how far out they were, actually, for the time they were made as well, totally, yeah. you know. Um, mm. I mean, it's even, like, with the Akai, it's, like, with the, with the time stretching kind of stuff, you know. Mm. It's kind of almost, like, granular kind of synth, or, you know, when you put, like, mm -hmm. a, a bell sound and stretch it, it it's, it's really beautiful. Yeah. Um, it's the thing, it's, it's, like, with those samplers, I think if you... The, the only thing I found with them was like I kept using them for drums and bass, and it took me a while to actually break out of that habit and start putting other things in it. So, I know putting like field recordings into the emu instead, you know, or putting I don't know a vocal into the akai and stretching it or whatever. And yeah, again, it maybe it's a placebo effect because you could probably just do that on the computer, but it, it does feel symbolically quite nice to do that, you know. Yeah, and and you and you tend to be more focused on that one sound because that's mm. the one you're working on, and uh, on computers you just, there's a chance to get sidetracked or distracted uh, easier, easier, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know that a lot of the stretch stuff's getting better as well because I, I use Bitwig as well, and um, <laughs> you know the the sort of they have like the uh, Akai stretch on it, which is sounds sounds Actually, great. Actually, Fritz uh, is my studio mate. He just said, "There's one behind you in the rack. There's uh, some of <laughs> some of the gear here is his stuff, and there's actually a 6400. So I should uh, <laughs> I should yeah, give, give it another go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe this is a sign, you know. Um, it's, it's a it's a new chance to to get to know it. Yeah, we um after I remember after the we had the 6400 though because we were just we wanted to change up our sound a bit, I think. And we were, we were really into like new technology and what was, what was the latest bit of kit. And we got that, um, I couldn't get my head around it. You remember the very phrase sampler, the Roland very phrase. Like the oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That was so weird. That thing. Um, so we got, yeah, we got into that for a while. Um, and then, we just yeah we just always i remember we just literally just down at turnkeys every week seeing what was new and i think we, we, us and from what i remember down there because us and the chemical brothers were the only people who bought the very phrase so it did it didn't really take off as far as i know as as a, as a sampler but what it, from what i remember what it could do it was pretty pretty wasn't it there. also yeah wasn't it also capable of doing granular stuff yeah 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 yeah, yeah i never yeah. never looked into one but i i knew of it yeah yeah, no, it's cool. I mean, we used just like that kind of recording our vocal in it and turning it into pads and stuff like that. Um, but it was just, just more... because think, you can. Yeah, but I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even sure if we ever actually released anything with it. I don't know where it is, actually. I wonder who's got it. Because we didn't sell anything, so one of them must still have it. <laughs> mm. I'll hit them up, find out. 
So I had a, a question t- uh, for Marco. I I I, th- I was just uh, checking your uh, your earlier prequel tape stuff, and I read something about the project came along because you were delving into your old recordings, your old dead recordings, and everything. Yeah, I I used to. Uh, it's like. Um, in end of 80s, beginning of 90s, I was involved in south in the south of Germany in like industrial and punk bands, and um, we were touring often like um, as a opener act for like bigger new wave bands and stuff, and uh, we're very in the scene of organizing parties and like in youth centers and in uh, in, in 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 clubs between Karlsruhe and Frankfurt in the south part of Germany and um i used to do then a longer break from music and when i moved to berlin in 98 um i got back into music and getting more into like then the minimal phase started and i did this band called exercise 1 and we released lots of more minimal technoish stuff um also worked with matthew johnson we did releases and um then I had Destiny. I had a very heavy accident in 2014 and was uh, long in the hospital, couldn't move, was lying in the bed long time. And then your brain keeps going and um, was a bit bored anyway um, of um, the music I, I did back then. And then we moved also in the same time in, this, uh, in our new apartment. And I st- stumbled over these old tapes and I got my Okta track. That was like in the same time. But so I was lying there in hospital and only my brain was going. And I thought like, how about I, when I, as soon as I'm released from the hospital and I can move again, um, I let, get my tape recorders out, let the tapes run and put, set all the eight tracks on the Octatech randomly, uh, just randomly up and press record once in a while, pitch them down, pitch them up. And with the first, with the, with, with with the first five minutes, something happened. But what was that very satisfying me mm. and like what I found very, it was a different approach to do music. Finally, like after when you like long in like a kind of a yeah in in a, in a kind of a scene, and um, then it really satisf- satisfied me. And I kept on working this, and this 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 was part of only the first album I I used to do like this, and. Um, and then um, I kept on recording. I used the Octatrack intensively. And what I said before, I added then since through it with the old samples. And it was a very satisfying working process. And then I decided I do a project with it and called it Prequel Tapes because uh, mm. as I found the old tapes. And um, yeah, it was a very, um, was a, was a nice, nice change uh, for me in music. Yeah, because um, I, I was yeah. wondering because... Um, uh, I've recently got all my old dads uh, backed up to to hard disk, and uh, I have a hard time listening to my old stuff. And I would I wouldn't do anything with it, you know what I mean? So I was just wondering. But you maybe yeah, basically completely deconstructed it and made something new out of it. Yeah, no, totally yeah, yeah. completely yeah, yeah. deconstructed. But also, it it was tapes. Um, we only back then we only released DIY self made tapes. It was never like um, any big project. It was really like. Um, we were young, was a hobby and was very exciting, but we were playing around in like in, in, in the regional scene. And um, so I really enjoyed after years, like listening, it, it often there was very silly stuff on it. And mm. um, actually um, a friend of mine um, who's like, 
He has an art publishing form called Mare Nero. Um, he then uh, re-released. We did like I did the same setup with the Atari and everything, and with the S nine hundred. And because he said like let's let's record a tape like this again, and um, so as much as I have, like I have an S nine hundred, I used like an old drum machine and uh, try to make uh, another few tracks in the same attitude like I, I was back then and we did only like it's a very limited tape edition and um, it was it was fun to to work like this but um, the main thing was that I was lying in hospital and thought like having the Octatrack didn't understand how to use it and it was all very theoretical because I as I said before I couldn't move or something and then um, that it immediately gave you like um, artistical satisfaction when you use it it was a very nice uh, experience uh, ex experience to me mm. yeah it sounds great i was just wondering what uh, how much the the end result uh differs from from the sound sources you you use totally. from the old time yeah 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 i, mean, I guess some, I, I understand that now yeah some, some stuff like there were some because then if you you know if you really pitch it down and and like played from another starting point and stuff it like with any audio source it happened something to it so because yeah. you work on it but i used little small sound i small sounds i used them like they were and sequenced them and you had everywhere the tape hiss on it which is like nice if everywhere yeah. is a different hiss in the production and um, especially after i got it back from the mastering it came even more out and it was like whoa there's a lot of hiss on it but i, I i'm happy with it and um yeah of course I, I didn't have the uh, intention to to re-release those old tracks you did as a teenager, basically. But um, I liked to work with this old sound source and to completely create new sounds out of this old source, basically. Yeah, there is. It does have a sort of a nostalgic nostalgic vibe to it, though. Yes, it's uh, exactly. it's cool. Yeah, it's like pitching down and every, works every time, right? Pitching down <laughs> when, works. When yeah. when Stretching in doubt, works. yeah. When in doubt, pitch it down. <laughs> but except, if you but, get but stuck, pitch so, it down. <laughs> exactly. But what is so great with the Octatrack then is again the sequence with the parameter locks. It's so much. It's like a a never ending fun game. I have to say, what you can what you can do with put an LFO in the start point, make a sequence, and like. On, 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 on every step is another sound and it, it, it's so much fun to work like this I have to say mm. within a machine yeah yeah do you have any uh, any tricks uh, uh, Charlie when you get stuck um, any like like pitching down or, or do <laughs> reverse it or <laughs> wipe it whatever um, is gear? yeah I, yeah I, I don't know it's one of these things really I mean I'm, I'm currently going through that myself right now like this writer's block just full on Right, as well. Oh dear! Um, <laughs> but I actually quite enjoy it, to be honest, because I, I, I just start doing something else with my time. Just like again, digging into old albums, or like um, uh, you know, I, I like watching documentaries. That's something I really like to do when I'm mm -hmm. sort of stuck in a. Like one thing I like to do is just watch like documentaries about other artists, or like even like photographers or something, just to see like different workflows of how they did stuff. Because it's always quite inspiring in some way. Mm. But. Um, one one trick I always really like to do is I always like to uh, so there's this trick you can do um, where you can basically if you make make like a really crappy loop or something if you get like a audio channel send uh, yeah record the master channel from to that basically 
And then as it's playing, you can just sort of get your mouse and just go up and down with the BPM counter. <laughs> Basically what happens oh, yeah. is it starts to kind of record all the weird kind of motions you've done. And then when you are done, delete the automation. And then basically you just get loads of really strange artifacts from your tune um, from the warping and stuff like that. Um, and you can keep doing that and keep doing that. And I always find it's quite a nice way of getting stuck out of <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a good trick. I've used it myself as well. And actually I, I, I have the, the, the master tempo sometimes uh, uh, controlled by a fader on, you know, just on a, on a MIDI controller. Yeah, yeah. It's really fun. Yeah, it's, it's, always, it's always quite a good one to do. I mean, if you kind of get into the habit of sometimes using your DAW like an instrument in the sense of like live playing stuff, it's, I always find it's quite a nice little trick to get out of. Oh, habits, yeah. You know. Yeah, just assign a bunch of faders to, to whatever and, and just play it around. That's, that's yeah, always, yeah. Uh, always good to, to get stuff going really fast in, in directions you don't expect, to be honest. Yeah. You yeah. got any, any tricks for uh, f when you get stuck, uh, Darren? Um, I used to just buy something new. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that was that was the easy way out. Um, but Keeping now, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I've been you read this last. I kind of like I I notice I suffer sometimes of if I have too long a, too long a gap between in being in the studio. Like there was just like a, the kids were off on holiday kind of thing. So it was like there was like two weeks, three weeks where I wasn't in the studio. And it takes me like a good month to kind of get back into the flow of things. So I'm literally sort of stood in front of my computer just looking at the screen like, what, what's, what's, what's going on? Oh, let me see how crypto's doing. Oh, gee, you know, it's like getting constantly, constantly distracted. But now I'm just kind of like, right, you've only, I've only, because I, because, you know, with kids and that, I've only got an allotted amount of time in the day that I can, because they're pretty young, so that I can do stuff. So it's like this, right, I have to be creative between these hours, and that can be difficult in itself. Um, so I think just just doing anything, it feels like, and, to, and if it sticks, it sticks. If it doesn't, just move on. I'm mm. not, you know, I'll just, I've got probably like 100 or so projects on the go of you know different things different loops and and i could come back to it and okay yeah i like that bit maybe i'll keep that aspect of it but i just keep yeah just keep myself busy is i think it's the main main trick in some respects just keep messing around or yeah it's or true i it's, used to do um I, 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 yes but there's one thing i actually I would do which i i used to do which i'm doing more of now is like because I like, so say like with my simps, I do, when I start going into them, I do get, you know, you get lost and that thing's like, oh, sh I wish I'd recorded that. Yes. Um, oh, God, yes, yeah. But, mm -hmm. and I, it was something that I used to do in the night. It was something that Nico, um, no U-turn taught me, like in his studio, that that was always recording throughout mm -hmm. the whole time, you know, and so it's kind of like I've gotten used to now just hitting record and then going over and doing the things and not having to think about it and being like, oh, and, and it's nice knowing that that's there. There's something at some point within me messing around, there was something cool that I can, I can come back to. Um, so if you've got the means, I was actually going to get like a dedicated out, you know, outboard recorder that just re constantly recording in the background. Um, so that's, that's, that's probably my, 
a trick. Yeah, well, yeah, they're, they're, both, they're both they're both uh, things that I do as well. You know, I mean, I never go to the studio and sit behind the screen and wait for the muse to uh, <laughs> arrive. You know, I just I just uh, patch something together and and then just uh, fool around with it, and then something will happen. You know, there's always and something. And that's the worst. What Darren said when you when when you fiddle around and forgot to record and and you really liked it and then messed it up somehow and then you want to recreate it then and then the anger comes within so you you never you're like ah fuck why didn't i not do it so i'm like yeah i have to i want to do this too. just press record and then start yeah because i've got it around. especially since i've got this um you know the udo super six the udo yeah yeah it's just a, an amazing What's that? Thing, but the udo super six. Oh right uh, yeah, yeah 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 unbelievable synth and it's literally it's just like it's so delicate in, you know what I mean, so it's in some sense, it's just so it's just the slightest touch, and you'll get this, you get this tone, and I will kind of like move away from it, and never you know, that thing of never being able to get back, um, which is which is nice in, in 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 its own way. But I like now that I'm kind of getting into the habit of right, just record, record, so that I can at least and if you, know, you record- use it as a start, use it as a sample, even though I may not be able to use it to play it, I can use that as a you know as a sample in its own right. But yeah. you record it just like like this, or you set the BPM before or something, or what? I just no, I, I just I think whatever the default BPM is in Bitwig, I think it's okay. 110 for some yeah. reason. Um, I just leave right, it so. and just yeah. But you're both I, using Bitwig. Are you Joachim? You too, or like you using Ableton? Or what I'm, are you using? At the moment, I'm I'm mostly using Ableton. Yeah. Um, yeah, Ableton. But I, I basically, I mean, I, I can get into uh, moments where I really exploit what's possible in Ableton because it's mm-hmm. it's like the most the world's most advanced sampler in a way. Um, but I mainly use it as a hardware uh, or sort of like a hard disk recording, you know, like a multi-track okay, type yeah, thing. Because yeah. I, yeah, I mostly use hardware these days, you know, just back to the old school sequencing synths and drum machines and stuff. But also um, editing then at the end or nothing? You just leave it. No, like I like like uh, like Darren said. You know, I'm, I've I've made it a habit of just uh, walking into the studio, connect something, press record, and then start fooling around. You know, uh, so I'm always recording. Uh, How much and, tracks are you record at a time? What what is your setup? Um, well, sometimes it's just a few. Like mm-hmm. uh, you know, depends on the setup that I build. You know, I don't mm-hmm. have a fixed setup as like you in the studio. It is basically all the Machines are around me on on shelves, and uh, mm-hmm. there's a big sort of table in the middle where I, I build I from the videos. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. build I build a setup for each project, and um, it keeps me focused on just that setup, you know. And nice. it and it, it, you know, I don't I don't get sidetracked or distracted by too many options. How much multi-tracks? Are well, it depends on the setup. <laughs> I mean, but sometimes, sometimes if I have like, a, well, the maximum would be thirty-two, but usually, 32 I, can, okay, well, nice. that's max. That's the max I can, yeah. I can, I can record simultaneously. But um, usually, it's eight or twelve or something like mm-hmm. that. You know, I don't, I don't really have too many things going on at the same time. Yeah. Uh, but before it goes into the into the computer, usually it's already a chain of stuff. You know, so like. If I have like a a couple of drum sounds, uh, sounds I run them through something in the modular and then back into a pedal and then you know to some effect thing and then and then it goes into the sound card. So I print I print everything with effects, um, and I find I usually get it right the first time, you know. And if it's if it's not 
if it's really sort of out of balance, then I just don't use it. Yes, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, so it, to me, it's like I, I like the immediacy of working like that, you know. So I record everything on a massive timeline and sometimes it's an hour, sometimes two, um, sometimes a whole day of, of, of uh, you know, like four hours or whatever. And then when I've recorded all these things and ideas and everything, I go back instantly after I stop recording and then I've, I kind of mark the, word, mark the sections that I want to work on or uh, complete. And so, yeah, for, for the most, most of the tracks these days are... Um, are born out of those sessions, you know, just live sessions and, and then yes. capturing moments, basically, you know, yeah. just get a, catching a vibe. Yes. And um, can I ask something to Charlie and Darren? I'm just interested no. in it. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm, when did you start with Bitwig? Are you the, at the same... When did you start, Charlie, with using Bitwig? Um, I started about, like, I think like a year and a half ago, I I just fancied using something new, um, and it was just like I then I downloaded a demo, and I qu I quite liked how it worked in the sense of okay. just like um, I mean, of course, the modulators and stuff like that. But I thought I, I quite liked how it worked with hardware. I thought it was quite interesting mm. um, because you could sort of do a lot of these kind of weird uh, MIDI effects, routing things to it, and like I, I really like a program where you can kind of like like really glitch it out kind of stuff you know and still was able to handle it i i, I still use ableton um now and again for sort of things um maybe sometimes to ar arrange a track or something just because i quite okay. like the timeline of it but um <clears throat> yeah i just found like using bitwig kind of um i don't know I, I could just throw so much stuff at it and it just would still handle it <laughs> kind of thing and uh i just thought that was quite cool and Yeah, yeah. So I still, I still use it. It's, it's a great program. It's, it's, um, yeah. it, it's, it's also just really, it's really playful as well. Like um, they have this thing called the grid on it, which is like kind of like an inbuilt modular system. And uh, yeah, again, it's just really funny because you can just like just keep throwing stuff at it, and it still okay. handles it. You know, <laughs> like. But yeah, it's nice. Yeah. Nice program. I, I think I got uh, probably about the same actually. I've uh, version two when I think it just just come out because um, I was Logic for forever before that, and okay. it was just Logic was just so frustrating for me. Um, just the way it handled audio was just so archaic. Um, and I I I have Ableton and I had Ableton, but I just couldn't. I think the arranger just really I just couldn't get my head around it. I like the clip side of it but not the arranger. Mm. Um, and then I was using um, Machina for a while. And I, so I got used to that whole kind of work, sort of clips and scenes and things like that. Um, so then I think when Bitwig came along, it kind of, the way it sort of married the two environments of clips, scenes and the arranger and how they're all on the same page and worked seamlessly together, that kind of really sold me so i think for a while when i first started using it i was using it more creatively and then bouncing everything out in stems and going back to logic and mixing in logic okay. um and within the last within the last year i've kind of pretty much now i've got used to the 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 flow of of, of bitwig and you know mixing i can do it now within that and just because i'm not you know just some of the little things just the stock plugins within bitwig are really cool yeah. um And it's and I just feel like it's 
just personally sort of imp- improved that side of me that was always lacking, which is which is mixing. Um, <laughs> Do so you feel there's a difference in sound if you when you mix in Logic versus uh, mixing in uh, in Bitwig? Uh, yeah, that's that's that age-old question, isn't it? <laughs> well, I don't know. Almost. I know. Did, did well, the thing is, well? when when I when I uh, went with Ableton, it was with uh, the first ever version, you know, like 1.0, and I was in Logic before that, and um, I found it really hard to get a good sound out of Ableton in the beginning. Yes. And yeah. uh, so I, what I did is exactly like you described, you know, I would basically, because um, Ableton is so much faster in putting things together and more like a sketchpad kind of uh, environment. Mm. And I would just make my tracks in Ableton and then stem them out and then mix them in Logic. That's how I yeah. used it for, you know, just because I, I just didn't get the sound uh, from Ableton for a while. Yeah, I think you just... Now just I can, by what, the way. <laughs> yeah. I think the way I just, I was just so used to Logic in terms of, it's the buses and sends and all those kind of things and how that that's aspect of it worked um but it just felt like it was hindering me and you know, especially as i was going more back to hardware as well i wanted a door that could speak to my stuff without you know just it just seemed like everything was just at, timings were all off and it was just i'm gonna smash something in a minute <laughs> so you know when bitwig just st- it just seems to literally just worked out of the box. I don't really have mm. to have to worry. And I think, but in some ways, because what it's what is what I like about it is changed my approach to writing in, in in some respects. Where because with Logic, I was so reliant on MIDI, and not so much anymore. So with with Bitwig, rather than if I'm recording from an external synth or you know doing a, a synth, I won't record the MIDI. I'll just record the audio in just raw and like like that so it's pretty much it is unquantized you know and i prefer that kind of thing like let it run and just keep playing until i get what sounds right and use that and use the mm. audio rather than rather than midi so i like that aspect a lot like the way it's made me change my approach to to making music and writing um so that's that's yeah i think i can't now i loaded i had to load up logic the other day to get something out and i'm just like wow just <laughs> it's this like Come on, Apple. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's, well, it's got some really nice native uh, synths, you know, the sculpture is cool. And um, what's it? What the yeah, but it's one? that kind of like garage band logic. Is yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> it's like, I get it's cool for what it is and what it does, but it just, it just felt like they were, they, it wasn't of, of importance to them as a, as a program. And that always bugged me as well because we had, you know, you had people who are really loyal to it. And they were just Ableton was coming out and was going was like moving so far ahead, and we were kind of looking at it like, well, when are we gonna do, when are we gonna be able to walk? <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean? Well, I think they recent they recently added something with you know like scenes right in Logic, yeah, or yeah, clips, and that's the problem, clips though, or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, they're constantly playing catch up. So, yeah, in, it's nice. It's it's it's, it's it's it was great. It was good for what it was what it did at the time. But I've yeah moved on. Bitwig's just amazing hmm. yeah the, the instruments in Bitwig are wicked as well the sample is amazing um yeah. and it's like uh it's great how you can kind of like add a modulator to like the different sample types and stuff you know so you can just flick through just like you know um sometimes when i'm bored i'll just get one lfo and just route to every possible thing on there and just hold one note down and see what happens <laughs> and um yeah it's yeah, it's cool. And one thing I've, I've always really enjoyed about it is kind of it's customizable as well. You can customize the bu- the buttons you use mostly. You know, you can have them on the top 
of the uh, mm. screen, which I think is really handy as well. You know, um, yes, yeah, it's, it's it's a very user friendly program. I find, but it also makes you again think harder as well about doing things, which I think is really cool. Like you know, with the, with the reverb, it's not like you straight away get a nice sounding reverb. You kind of have to work with it twice as hard mm. to get yeah. a nice sounding reverb. So you can put you know, a filter in the tank effect and, you know, an EQ, then another filter, you know, and really morph it and change it. Um, yeah, it's nice. I recommend people trying it out. It's cool. It's a cool okay. program. Mm, interesting. So you, you think it's more encouraging to experiment? Yeah, I mean, to, to my head it is. I mean, it's, again, it's, it's just because, like, sometimes things don't sound great out the box of it so yeah you really just have to tweak and tweak and tweak and uh find a solution for your idea you know and mm -hmm. one thing i always really thoroughly believe about this kind of stuff is like the, a, a pro the process of figuring something out is like kind of more important to me than the end result because you know to get from a to b and kind of learn how to do all this stuff you come up with new ideas and new knowledge you know um mm -hmm. again it's like what i was saying earlier about the side chaining thing, you know, not knowing how you do side chaining, so just doing it in a rough way, but then you discover more little tricks out of that, you know, um, and that's something with Bitwig I really, really appreciate because um, it doesn't just give you a nice sound. It's not just like, hey, wicked, it's, you know. Mm. So how do you, how do you incorporate um, your analog sources with uh, in the track when you when you're working with Bitwig? Do you make long recordings or are you are you just sampling bits out of your uh, your analog gear i'm just putting it in there and completely destroying it afterwards <laughs> <laughs> I, I i don't know I, I see analog equipment as kind of just a different workflow approach it's, it's like obviously there are some things i use just because of the sound of it but i also like the feeling of just stepping away from a screen for a bit and then using the computer as a separate instrument you know um yeah I, i've never been sort of like a a hardware versus digital person no no no. that's not what i mean but i I'm, I'm just wondering you know because like i i record everything like on a straight timeline you know and uh, and then just capture find the bits that work kind of yeah. you know uh, so how do you go about it do you do you also do that like uh, start and then just you know start messing around with the hardware and then just record the results and 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 find nice moments or are you more using it as a um, um, like your hardware's sound design tools that you um, you bring in little bits into an arrangement or something. Yeah, more sound design both. tools. Like, yeah, yeah. that's the thing. It depends how I feel on the day. Sometimes I'll just jam around with something and just mess about and just record. Um, like you know what I'm saying, like the whole just timeline thing. Or like um, sometimes what's quite fun is just you know uh, getting a piece of sellotape, strapping it to the key, and then just like just putting loads of effects on it in the input and just seeing what comes out. You know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really um, sporadic with the way I work with things like that. Mm. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't know, but yeah, it keeps things interesting, right? I mean, if if you would always approach things the same, uh, you 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 cannot expect any different outcomes, really. <laughs> well, yeah, that's the thing. You know, if you keep doing the same thing, you can't expect different results. You know, yeah. but um, that's 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 why it's always fun to use different programs as well. I, like. So I, I use different. Sometimes I use pure data to make something. Sometimes I use Audacity and just just sort of flick through them. You know, it's again, it's just fun. You know, I could I could ramble on for hours about that kind of stuff. But yeah, please do, please do. <laughs> no, no. What what 
Like what other uh, like little software things do you have going on? Like if you if you want to fuck up a sound or mess around with something. Um, well, I still have a copy of Paul Stretch on, on an old. Computer, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. I still I still love to use. Um, but are you into into Max MSP or Reactor Air in in any way? I really tried to get into it. I, I really wish I could because I think it's cool. Um, I've got a few <laughs> friends who are like Max users, and it's it's just fascinating to watch. Um, uh, but never got into it. But I, I use Pure Data a little bit. Um, I've started also getting more more into it, and yeah, it's again, it's just really fun, you know. Um, just it's it's quite long, but I, I find when you're not you're not inspired to make anything, just doing something like that is kind of like again a different route to think about like yeah. coding and things. But regarding programs, well, you don't you don't necessarily have to to do all the coding. You know, there's a massive mm -hmm. community for both uh, for all these uh, platforms. And you can just uh, cherry pick from what other people have already done, you know, totally. yeah. and then just maybe modify it at some point. That's that's how I used to do it, you know, just, uh, you know, find something that kind of does what I wanted and then um, sort of Frankenstein it in my own way <laughs> to make it do different yeah. things. Um, have you gotten into any of those uh, platforms, uh, Marco? Max MSP I, reactor, uh, maybe Kima or I, I, I like no Kima, not um, unfortunately, but um, a reactor I used to use a lot, like but more like eight nine years ago was quite uh, was quite into it, mm. and um, since now I I have to say with the new Ableton I'm very happy and like also the whole Max MSP environment, but I take it more like you I'm. I'm I'm interested what's around and download stuff and also buy sometimes stuff from people um, who do like something what I think this is cool. But I'm again like same like modular world. I'm not such a I'm more like a kid what needs fast to play. I like to I'm I'm very I need to go and play and have a have a result. I'm I'm less into like. Um, I'm not getting so much satisfaction from when I would build my own instrument. I don't know why this is. I'm like more, I'm more like give the kid a toy and it, I'm playing with it. This is like, right. this is why I like, I like all these forums and I like um, the range still from Reactor or, the, or also from Max MSP. What you, I mean, it's a, it's a deep sea of like tons of uh, tools and um, I'm using them regularly. Yeah, it's right. I mean, you're right. You, you can you can get totally lost in uh, in in spending shitloads of time just uh, connecting wires and and not producing anything. <laughs> which, which, like Charlie, I find it fascinating. I I, I have friends that like one of my friends basically stopped doing music and does he's so lost in the max world and he just keeps on. This is his thing, you know. And it's mm. fascinating to see and also the knowledge behind and and mm. and then you see like this. The creatures they are building is is, is amazing, yeah. and I and I admire it. But for me, I'm more like, um, yeah, I, I'm give it to me, and I want to make music with it. Or yeah, I, I'm. I mean, I'm I'm kind of the same. I do. I have done some. I've dabbled in the in modification and sort of programming from scratch. But I found when when I really do it from scratch, I I just wasted too much time uh, for you know to sort of justify the results of it you know okay so okay. i would i would rather just get into something that is giving me instantly something to play with like you like you said yeah uh, but i do i do tend to pick the the specific features that are not uh, possible with any other instrument you know so i wouldn't exactly. use reactor for to get a synth sound or a bass line yeah, or something you yeah, know what i mean yeah, it, yeah, i would exactly. just get stuff that is exclusively possible 
Um, you know, in terms of sequencing with Max, maybe you know, you do totally weird stuff. You know, that that is not possible with hardware sequences or whatever. Yes. You know that kind of stuff. That I that's what I like to to use it for. I think it's cool um, though, in the sense of just like making a you know, like I, I teach at a university, and sometimes like you know, what are you teaching, Johnny? Uh, a range of stuff, mostly like live performance things and okay. synthesis and um, whatever I can help with, really. Yeah, <laughs> you know. yeah, yeah down, down down at the Funk House, um, Catalyst. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, but it's interesting to see like each each year new students come along and actually like the different approach new students have. Like so, like coding has become kind of more and more popular. Like Max MSP has become more and more popular, and I find it interesting that people are making stuff that isn't so much in the DAW, but in actual physical life. So example, like making plants, making music, you know, or mm. uh, one student in particular did a thing where, you know, they made this huge installation where like, you know, you touched things and it would kind of set off a, a note and a rhythm and all this kind of stuff. So it became so much more physical. Mm. Um, uh, I, I think that's really cool because, you know, it's again, thinking of music in a different sphere, you know, <clears throat> Yeah, the, the the thing that I'm interested in trying out soon is because we've had some people here that uh, have, have been uh, delving into uh, tidal cycles, like live coding. Have you have you um, have you heard about that? No. No. Okay. No. Well, that, it might be interesting uh, for, to What's to have that? a look. Live coding for what? Uh, yeah, just um, basically it it. Uh, how do I explain this easily? I mean, basically you have a page open. And you code lines, and uh, it's sort of it's is close to what a tracker does, but instead of just uh, recalling commands, um, you basically write the commands and and change the values and have it do uh, all kinds of weird shit with uh, programming, basically. So you can you can use it to generate melodies, drums, whatever. Sure. Um, but it's a cyclical uh, way of doing things. So you, you know you can. Uh, it, it's always cycling, and then the more notes you put into it, the the you know the the tempo changes and the um, mm -hmm. uh, the structure on how how notes interact with each other and stuff like that. So you can you can go from something very simple to something insanely complex in very few steps. You know, it's a, it's a really interesting to build um, sequences. What's that called again, Jochen? Uh, well, the 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 program is called Tidal Cycles. Cycles. And um, there's a whole scene uh, on, you know, behind. Uh, it's called uh, um, Algo Algo Rave. <laughs> there are people, you know, just live live coding. No, there people. There's a whole scene of people live coding on stage, you know. So they basically open the laptop and they display the screen. Yes. And so you can see what they do, and then you hear, you know, you hear what they do in real time. So they basically. Um, yeah, it's it's it has similarities to uh, working with modulars, people who patch patch live, you know, like mm. maybe like Charlie does, you know, like uh, you start with a blank canvas and or with with a, mm -hmm. something you had uh, the other night, and then you just go from there, you know, uh, just build it up. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> yeah Algo Rave, not Alco Rave, but Algo Rave, that's the one. Yeah, good. Yeah, that's something that I would I would uh, want to explore at some point if I had the time. <laughs> Wow. Have to make okay. the time for Algo. Yeah, yeah, of course. But it sounds so. It's it's. I'm. Um, I just see the. It looks very good if they like also, 
translate the screens in the audience. It's it looks good. Yeah, what actually, actually what Sand is Sander just posted the link to the episode where we had uh, actually the the guy who uh, wrote title cycles. Ah. Um, All right. On. Okay, number so fifteen. Ha have a look. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, it's written in Haskell. Okay. That's like a pretty much like a pure math code coding, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I just yeah, know the. Helps. I just know some of some of the work that people have done with it, and it and there are there's some amazing stuff out there which which is done with um, live coders, live coding, and with title cycles. Yeah, Haskell. Uh, Haskell's not an easy code. Wow. Okay. I think I want to check that out. <laughs> Jimmy as a question. Nowadays, you are a musician, keyboarder, art of drummer, bass player, composer, sound engineer. Apologies, everyone. How My internet's switching out. How do you set your main emphasis? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we've kind of already talked about it, like how mixing bleeds into uh, or how, how, you know, working on a track, writing a track is sort of bleeding over into mixing. And um, yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I mean, um, if I would say how I would approach that, it's I, I sort of compartmentalize uh, certain jobs, you know, like when I have fun with jamming, I just have fun with that, you know, and I, I do think about how things will will sound when I mix it. So I do kind of, um, you know, if, if something has too much sub, for example, I'd, I'll just keep it in, but I know that I'm going to remove that later, you know, if, if, if that's necessary. So I'll, I just don't mind uh, mixing mistakes like or, or sort of level issues during the jamming. I just forget about them. I just know that I'm going to address them to those later. Um, but when I make music or when I jam, I just focus on the moment, you know, just capturing a vibe, a mood and, you know, a story, whatever. Um, and then later I clean it up and that's a separate job. I would say that's a separate job. Um, also sound design can be something I do separately and deliberately not at the same time as, as something else. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, there are th things that I split, split up in sev sev several jobs, like different jobs, but, uh, it does, I must say it does bleed into each other. It, it's sometimes it's, it's a little bit of everything. Especially with sound design, it's it, it's sometimes good if you stay then focused and not that this, like through the sound design suddenly you create another idea and want to make immediately something out of it. I've, yeah, I've, I, I have because because it's good if you also when you make your libraries or you just create like not full tracks, just your own sounds. Um, I have to always like remind myself, no stick now to it and do the job. Yeah, because. Um, this is a bit disturbing if you then the playful part comes in and you get out of this focus. I'm annoyed with myself then. So I, I really want to stay in the sound design. It's, it's a different mood. Yeah. Uh, if you work on, on single sounds or on two sounds or like, yeah, I must say it happens all the time when I, when yes. I uh, as, give myself the job. Okay. Today I'm going to, you know, create this drum kit for my next project or whatever. And then, uh, you know, done three sounds and working on the fourth one, I'm actually, it's sort of, turns into working on a track because I like the sound and I'm yeah. just going with it. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Yeah. Um, Oops. Me? Charlie is, uh, yeah, he, he said he had, he said he had problems with the internet somehow. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh yeah. In the private maybe, chat. So okay. maybe he comes back. yeah, it will come back. Here he is. Here Hello. 
Hey, so, hey. Hello. Man, everyone went proper robot for a while, and um, I was I was trying my best to keep up with the conversation. By <laughs> was it a cool sound though? Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know, that's the thing I've been doing a lot recently is recording a lot of these sort of Zoom glitches and stuff. They're great. Internet party. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> What about you, uh, Darren? Do you separate jobs or is everything um, uh, one big mess? <laughs> pretty, pretty much, I suppose. <laughs> it's like it's like if you know, it's like I'm a producer and I'm a DJ, but I'm I am a producer DJ. That the producer bit always comes first, I think, um, just because that's how I started out. So you know, yeah, you're right. You know, there are all these kind of little subcategories within making music, and it's like I'm not. I'm not totally, I'm not, you know, proficient on a keyboard, but I, I can get my way around it via my ear. Um, so producer, maker of things is my main emphasis. Um, and then all the other stuff I'm still learning, basically, as I'm going along, you know, learning, still learning how to play the keyboard, still learning how to, to, to use my synths. Um, no, it, ne it never ends, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. I've just got into photography as well, so that's kind of like oh. something I'm trying to still just working, like, learning how aperture and all that ISOs works. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot going on. Um, but, you know, we get I I, I muddle through somehow, <laughs> um, but I would love to have, like I said, like I said earlier, have someone here who could just let me get let me mess around with everything, and then they do all the all the other stuff. Mm. Um, yeah, Split Redix asks if you have any coding background because you recognize uh, Haskell. Well, strangely, I do. I, um, okay. I, I before I got into music, I I went to co um, I went to college and I was studying. Uh, I studied Pascal, Cobol, Deck. Um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, C plus C plus plus. So I kind no. of. That was my initial background. I, I, I was due to I was due to go to Bristol. I think it was the Polytechnic then. I think that was still there. Um, and in my head, I was like, I want to, I, I want to do, I want to do the first animated feature film. That you know, that, and that was my goal drive. And then I think Toy Story came out and could really <laughs> burst that bubble. So, <laughs> so I just kind of like, oh, and. I, it was a mid early nineties as well. And I kind of, um, I was living with my brother, uh, and some of you know, Steve Spacek. Um, and he got, he got me into music and obviously jungle and drum and bass was coming up. So that was all of that just sort of went out the window really. Um, but I still, it's still some of it still there. Um, as the, as this, um, sort of background, uh, uh, give you any type of advantage in working with uh, with gear does it does it does it play a role in the way you work um, i think it did at the time in the early days when i kind of because my brother because my brother he basically he had he had a deal with ireland at the time and they gave him like a, you know, a big publishing advance so he bought all this equipment i just didn't know how to use it so for me learning in uh, like cubase and the, the using the the um the atari and all that kind of thing it was it wasn't that alien to me and i was able to pick it up quite quickly so that i think the initial bridge into this world it it, it was it was useful i don't not, not so much anymore mm. um i think because music 
and the influence that my brother had on me took over, really, um, and jungle and drum and bass. Um, but I still, I actually as, uh, looked at some courses not too long ago about trying to learn, so kids can learn Python and things like that. Um, and my interest in Haskell is from, because uh, I follow a project, um, Singularity Net, and then Cardano, it was all these crypto things, but I know that they're using that language as part of their, their code. Um, so I was in, intrigued, intrigued about it. Um, so that's probably where my sort of knowledge comes from. Oh, cool. Oh, yeah. Um, we are already almost two hours, guys. Um, maybe we should get, uh, give the audience the last chance to, uh, to drop any questions or remarks or whatever uh, so we can talk about it last minute um yeah what else i mean um i i'm actually curious what's what's all all that stuff is behind you i can clearly make out uh, the ppg and is that a jupiter 6 also behind you uh, marco so, um i uh, um in the back there's uh there's like uh this is jupiter 8 that's all the roland section jupiter 8 jupiter right 6, 101 8 101 and then there's a profit 600 PBG. There's an old quiet. Oh, a 600. It's been years since I've seen a 600, it's man. A, it's an old one, yeah. It has some years. And then a, a Voyager. And then here's a System 100. And on my desk, I have all, I don't know, you can't see them. On the desk is all. Ah, uh, a tour. Like, yes, please. All the, all the, <laughs> like, how to do this now? Um, they're all like, and I, now I can mess it up. There's all the, like, the electrons and. <laughs> And the S nine hundred. What's the desk? Is that a Venice? It's a old Midas, yeah. Nice. But the old one, the old Midas Venice. Cool. I wish it had some more uh, always subgroups. I'm a bit uh, tired with the four subgroups. I would like to have eight again. Um, yeah, but it's okay for now. <laughs> cool. Okay. Nice setup, man. Yeah. Uh, Should I have a look at mine quickly? Yes, time? let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> what we got? I've got, uh, got my Profit 6, Yamaha AN1X. Oh, nice. And uh, OB6 down there. And then my Nord Drum 3P. Uh, let's see if this can come over. I've done, I don't know if you can see. I've got, oh, no, it's not going to get. Is it going to get around the corner? Oh, yeah. Mm. The Deckard Stream. Uh, nice. I had the Deckard Stream. Nice. nice. The Oberheim Matrix 1000, JD990, Supernova, and then over here, Pro 1. Uh, Pro 1, yeah, it's also there. Hey, the Red 101. The, 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 nah, oh, it's the, the Behringer. The, yeah, the dirty, dirty word. Um, <laughs> the Juno 1, JX8P, and then, yeah, there's my, my Electron Corner over there, which is pretty much all of them except for the SID. <laughs> Oh, nice. and, um, oh, you got the machine drum as well, yeah. Yeah. Um, and some, did you see someone just released uh, an OS for that, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. Point, was it, what is it? 4? X4 or something? 4X? Yeah. yeah. I'm tempted to load that up. And then uh, like just a modal over there. And then my little... Uh, oh, you got into the 500 series. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah. Nice. I'm sure I'm... I'm I've got space left, and I'm not too fussed about that. So. <laughs> I'm, that's my I like. I'm tempted to do this too. Yeah, it's it nice. does sound great. Yes. It does sound the, the Zal the Zal EQ one. What's uh, what's in the rack? What's in the 500 series rack? 
I saw. Uh, I, I think I saw the SSL compressor. No, no, right? I've got two. No, it's a, it's a Dion, the Dion compressor. Right. And bus compressor, and then I got two of the Camden because it's the Cranbourne audio. I got two of their pre's, the Camden pre's, and they're they're really good. Um, and then I've got some. Other, uh, you use a patch bay for it, Darren. You use it with a. Yeah. How do you how do you how do you have it hooked up? How does the where it's does it sit in your chain? It's because the Cranbourne is basically my sound card, so it has the ability, so I can just send whatever I want to any of those, those, those units. This is going to fall, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I can send any if I want to any of those units, and then I use because I did. I was I did have a massive desk. I had like um, the classic Mackie eight bus. Just because that was. Yeah. Yeah, just, you know, that was a big part of my sound because I loved jacking things in and using the direct outs and all that kind of thing. Mm. But I since had that one too. Yeah, but since getting Bitwig, I've kind of like used, um, I just got like a, a, a pretty crappy Behringer Ultra Gain 8, just giving me 8 ins and 8s out so I can then use my, so to, just all my simps are just plugged straight into the door pretty much now. Um, so recording that way. Um, and then I've got so, like, so um, you're not using the the euro the sort of the, the 500 series uh, things on the way in. Yeah, no, I'll re I'll record things through them. I'll, but okay. tend, tend what I do is maybe I'll record things. I've got the SSL six um, little mini desk, mm. so I I use that for like some of my synths go through that, and then I'll record things within Bitwig and then re-record them, resample things pretty much like through the preamps. Okay, and use use it that way. And mm. you've used the compressor that way as well, um, and then I've got some like you know, like you know like the overstayer saturator. Oh, nice. Um, nice. And SSL fusion, like the finishing box as well, and a few other bits. Um, That's so, yeah. legit, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, cool. I'm happy. <laughs> yeah, no Sorry, excuses. I'm at an angle now. No, there is no there is no excuses. It's a, none whatsoever. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, so um, let's let's just, uh, um, I mean, uh, yeah, two hours. So maybe we go, should go into the sort of the plug round now. Uh, see if Sonda can keep up with uh, whatever you guys are uh, are going to mention. Uh, yeah, Charlie. So what's going on? Do you have anything you want to share with people, like uh, new releases? Whatever. Um, <laughs> Sonda's yeah, uh, prepared. <laughs> Yeah, I've just uh, actually I've just finished uh, my mix dance for my next album, which is cool. Um, When's that out. coming out? Uh, well, that's the thing. Um, hopefully this year. Okay. <laughs> but um, you, you know how it is. Uh, but yeah, I've just sort of finished those off, which was cool. So that was a felt like an exorcism. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> and um, apart from that, a few collaborations in the work. Um, um, in the meantime, we've just adopted a dog, really. So my time's consistent on that at the moment. So oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. But um, what kind of dog? We don't know. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a real mix. Um, but it's the most nervous dog I've ever seen. So we're kind of uh, you know taking a lot of time on that, which is nice. But um, nice. In yeah. Rotterdam, we call that a, a, a Rotep terrier. Like the Rotep is the is the the trash service, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, 
but yeah but no, with music stuff that's really it really just sort of doing bits and bobs and like i said just the album really so after i've done an album i always like to take some time off and just um <laughs> you know just yeah. uh, you know just mess up some other stuff really but yeah sounds good i'll be looking out for it man so um it's really cool you got something uh cooking really nice awesome Uh, thanks for joining, uh, Darren. Uh, sorry, uh, Charlie. Uh, I was gonna go up. Uh, go, gonna go on with uh, Darren uh, to see if he's got anything he wants to share. Uh, just the release with Marco. That's of coming course. out. Yeah. Uh, is there a date on that? I think it's June, June 10th or something. Yeah. 10th of June. So that so I think that's the the. the thing that i'm involved in um and then obviously with my label exit there's sun people's just released something uh, which is really cool um yeah and I'm, i'm just working on i've got a fair few collabs as well i've done some stuff with forest drive west which is really cool um and looking for yeah more collabs if any of you want to collab i'm just you know where i am <laughs> awesome i'm down so um, are, you, are you doing any streams because you you you've got a pretty decent uh, streaming setup or was that just for tonight <laughs> <laughs> do you know what i got i got into it and i was really i really got into it and i started doing i was like right i'm gonna do some studio streams and i'm gonna do all my pedals and then it just kind of like it just my way of working is really quite weird and it's just like this is really got to be really boring for people <laughs> you know i'm not really I, i i sort of fuddle my way through things so i sort of pivoted and i got everything for that and then i sort of pivoted into like much like this i've been doing some chats with people from like mates and people from the scene but i've only done two of those <laughs> so <laughs> But it's unlike if I get into something, I've got to have everything that goes with it. So, right. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's 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 why my, my why my lighting looks great and. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're the you're making uh, you're making me look like an amateur. So. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Sorry, that's it. Cool. Uh, Marco, so the release with uh, Darren, obviously, exactly. and anything else we uh, you um, want to share? We did also now I, what I also enjoy. We did a little mixtape for Ransom Note with like some emo bangers, how Darren called it. it was, <laughs> but uh, and um, then, as I said before, I was working with um, this uh, singer Alice Gift. He was involved in this cold wave band Velvet Condom. They were called, and uh, <laughs> Peter and with Great Peter name. Van and Peter Van Heusen, we did like this. Um, Yeah, it's it's songwriting. It's like all three minutes tracks in the vibe of from Joy Division, Depeche Mode kind of this vibe. Um, this we finished, and uh, you and Pearson is doing the mix downs, and we're speaking um, to we send it into a couple of labels. What is on our list, and let's hope it goes well. And then I started to write my. I just sent today the first five tracks to some people for my next album. Not sure if it's. I started to sing on it, like with a, but but not using the voice in a more, like very as an instrument, just like with lots of effects on it. But I thought it's, it's it's good to put uh, some weird vocals on it, oh, nice. and um, I'm aiming to have this ready for autumn, because I had the album last year on Mannequin, but it was in the middle. We had lots of plans with Alessandro Adriani and me, like to do. A tour and stuff but um yeah it was like 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 tons of artists didn't happen and um yeah now i'm just um trying to push that further and try to release that 
maybe this year in autumn or in December to see where to go. A bit like Charlie, I'm writing now and then I see where it goes. And um, yeah, now I'm looking forward to the release with Darren. What was lots of fun to, to do that. Awesome. Great. Um, yeah, so, so thanks, uh, Charlie. Thanks, um, uh, Darren and Marco. Really good to catch up and see you guys. Uh, really interesting uh, stories. Uh, I think I want to mention the Discord server that we have set up. It's uh, the place where all the nerds hang out and talk about this kind of stuff. Uh, discussing gear, music and uh, making music, basically. So have a look there if you want to get into the conversation. And uh, we have a Patreon page where we uh, uh, where we have people that just support the project or want to get some goodies like sound banks uh, and even masterclasses and stuff like that. So have a look there. And um, that's pretty much it for me. So thanks again, guys. Uh, really enjoyed it. And see you next time. Ciao, 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 ciao. Ciao, guys. Ciao.